this episode of the Obey Podcast. So today I want to talk about something a little different than usual. It's not policy related, but it is related to politics. And it's kind of about the recent trend of highly politicized movies. I don't know why I said recent trend. This has probably been happening for decades and decades before I was born. But it's something that's becoming increasingly polarized, at least in the last decade. Um, in, In the last few years, it's become increasingly polarized compared to maybe the last decade or two. Um, Okay, so the examples just off the top of my head, there are movies like Captain Marvel, there was a remake of Black Christmas, Um, I recently watched Netflix's Gerald's Game from 2017, and that that one felt pretty politicized in in some ways, Um, and and especially around, you know, things like feminism, and and things that would be considered culturally on the left. So I, I bring this up because from people like the Daily Wire for the last, you know, four or five years, they've been saying things along the lines of the right is losing the culture war because the right doesn't participate in the culture. Since the right just, um, you know, ideally in, in some sort of macro or in, in, in some sort of big picture way, a lot of people on the right just want to be left alone, which means they allow the left to dominate the cultural institutions but then that seeps into the mainstream, and now the left has won the mainstream. This is something that right-right-wingers will, will say, and they'll say, but after we point all these critiques out, we're not doing anything about the culture. So the Daily Wire has recently opened up shop, and they released Run, Hide, Fight, which was a feature-length uh, action thriller and that was supposed to be you know, the first of these conservative movies that are contesting the cultural ground. Um, I, I, watched this, the, I watched that movie a couple days ago, so I wanted to speak to that a little bit, and I wanted to speak about what I see going on here and um, how I see things playing out to some extent. So so first off, just talk about Run, Hide, Fight. Um, it's a movie that's pretty much diehard, but a school shooting. Uh, the, a school shooting occurs, and the main character is a girl who, from the inside, kind of helps um, take apart the school shooter's plans. So it, it, it's it's... Um, I, I, I think that's a very simplified version of it, but it really sneaks in a lot of um, conservative talking points, right? So if you imagine movies like the, the Harley Quinn movie, Burt's Prey movie, it has a lot of allusions to things that are almost leftist talking points, or it just has like a lot of scenes where, where, where very skinny, attractive women um, are beating up men that are muscly and three times their size, right? So it has these things that seem very unrealistic, but it plays into the tropes of... Um, women being as good as men even if it's a movie they're able to you know outfight them even and and they, they will not acknowledge these like clear disparities well run hide fight has its own version of it like they have the the school security guard be unarmed so this plays into the tropes of the left being in favor of police officers not having guns but then the daily wire you know sneaky put, put, puts in their movie the security guards unarmed and they make a joke out of it they also allude to how the school shooter makes like a joke about how he wasn't radicalized by video games or, or, or some other tropes that they pointed out. Like there's a joke about how um, 
he would do a certain thing um, or, or Hitler did a certain thing, but fortunately he's not a Nazi. So that was like their, their side about how not every school shooter that's a male is, is a Nazi or a white supremacist or an alt-right figure. So, so, so they have all these things that kind of push, push back in the same way that I guess Captain Marvel thinks of itself pushing against patriarchy. But it's just the Daily Wire is doing the, um, it's doing the inverse thing. Um, okay, and, and overall, it's, it's a decent thriller. It, it, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. It's very enjoyable. Um, if you're like me and you're not very into people who are overly um, politically correct, that, then a lot of the quips are kind of funny. Like I, like I laughed at, at moments during the movie. Um, if, if you're the kind of person who thinks, I can't believe they made a movie that, uh, that's about a school shooting, um, and then that, that's, part of, that's a plot point. Um, and, and if you're offended by that, first I'd say don't watch the movie, and second I would say you should get over yourself. Um, a, a lot of the negative reviews from critics on Rotten Tomatoes are about how, how, how dare you make a school shooting as a premise, and it's kind of like, wow, I, I detest these people. Um, I, I cannot identify you. Um, I, I cannot identify with you at all if, that, if that's your reaction to the movie. Um, so overall, I'd say it's, it's actually pretty entertaining, and I enjoyed it a lot more than movies like Captain Marvel. Um, so, but the thing that this movie rose with me is what it means to be a conservative movie and what it means for a movie to be, I guess, right wing and the, the utility of this culture war. So, so, so the way I see it is, um, is to some extent, I mean, for, 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 for the Daily Wire, it probably benefits them on an organizational level to dive into this fight because it's unique. It's a niche that's untapped and it was a good movie. Like I'm, like, I'm happy I, um. I mean, I got a subscription for very cheap. I don't necessarily agree with really a lot of the things they put forward, but it's it's a few bucks a month, so whatever. Um, but but I am part of the niche that the, this movie appeals to. I'm I'm a person who does not appreciate a lot of the the, the leftist cultural talking points, and um and I found the movie very, very entertaining. Um, but but other than serving people like me, it's not a movie that was released in theaters. It, it's it's not a movie that will flip any leftists into being conservatives. It's just a movie that exists, and people who write who who are right wing can watch this movie just like they drink their black rifle coffee. Um, it, it's just another it's just another thing you can identify with that that's in the culture that isn't of the left. But I don't think it wins them any points. Like like, like pr- promising young woman is still going to win the awards. Promising young woman is still the thing that gets a theatrical run well after it came out. Um, it, all, all the movies that are about 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 racism. All, all of those are going to still be the ones that you know have have nominees. I mean the the uh, the famous actor from Get Out, Daniel Kaluuya. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm doing this off the top of my head, so I apologize. He he won a Golden Globe for for best supporting actor in Judas and the Black Messiah, which I saw and it was a completely okay movie. So, but you still have those types of movies getting 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, getting put in every theater, and Run Hide Fight is not. So. To, so, so to some extent, I'm sitting here questioning, is there really a cultural war here? You've already lost the ground. How, how much can come back? And even if, even if it does come back, the only difference is you have terrible, terrible Blumhouse movies that come out, like like the remake of Black Christmas, that that lean into every cr- cringy social justice warrior trip possible. Because that ends up being a movie where, um, obviously, a fraternity's evil. They're led by a Jordan Peterson-esque teacher, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. He quotes Camille Polly at one point um, in a negative light. You're supposed to you're supposed to be offended by the quote. Um, everything about that movie is one side, kind of like look right wing people, alt right people are um, are evil, and they're the people you should detest the most. Now, that's the kind of movie that's like I see that it's clearly propaganda and it's complete trash and it has no value. 
And all Runhide Fight's doing is doing the flip of that. And it's not that I don't agree with it more than I agree with Black Christmas, but it's it it just doesn't it just doesn't do anything for me. And I and I I'm not saying that it's useless, but I guess I'm saying when I think back of the movies that are the most impactful and are the most conservative, it isn't movies that have these sly nods to um you know how it's not these movies where it's like oh look the security guard doesn't have a gun because that's what leftist policies want. It's more like these movies like um an example that comes to my mind which might be a bad example because a lot of people haven't seen it but but it's a movie like Mandy. And it's a, it's a Nicolas Cage movie that came out a few years ago. And, and it's a revenge film where, where, where Nicolas Cage is, um, he, he, he lives with, I guess, his wife or girlfriend. Um, it, it's unclear. And they, they, they live on a lake alone in the 80s. And an evil cult, an evil hippie cult, um, essentially kidnaps his wife. When she resists joining the cult, they kill her in front of Nicolas Cage. And then Nicolas Cage just gets violent, violent vengeance. Um, but if you want to read in meanings to the movie... You can look at the evil villain of the movie, who is using everybody as a pawn. He's using everybody as a means to his end, and he just wants to satisfy himself. And then you have Nicolas Cage, who is, at the root of the movie, he's an individual who has personal relationships that matter to him. And then when an outside force came in and ruined his life, he um, he, he was torn by it. He was absolutely ripped apart. And when it comes down to it, that, that personal movie that is, in, in, to some extent, a character study of Nicolas Cage's character... Um, it, it, it really highlights the value of the individual. It really highlights the, it, it's, it's a very, it's a micro story. It's about one person. It's about the value of their life. And even if run, hide, fight does have some allusions to like um, pro-life arguments or religious arguments that, that, that are kind of interesting. It's like, oh, look, somebody said that on a movie screen. That's different. It's not like the, the, this emotional movie about revenge, um, you know, in, in a context that's highly individualized, that, that moves me and you feel what that character feels. Instead, it was still an action thriller. And action thrillers are fun, but I was never, like, on the verge of, uh, I, I guess, tears. I was never totally, like, you know, out of my seat fist pumping. I never identified with the character the same way that I could really, like, feel the raw feelings of, like, Nicolas Cage. Um, so it, it makes me question... You know, you have you have a deeply conservative movie that, that where, where a good person is intervening to save lives, but is that is that more conservative than a movie that was made by somebody who I, I would guess Panos Cosmatos, the director of Mandy, isn't a conservative guy. I, I would wager that, but he ends up making a movie that's all about personal relationships and it's all about the the, the value of this um, you know heteronormative relationship. That, that, that gets torn apart by, by evildoers that don't humanize people, that, that are just violent, that, um, you know, so, 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 so in a way it's pro-life and it's pro-individual at, at its absolute core. And you, you could say to some extent that Run, Hide, Fight is, is similar because it's all about the, these lives getting prematurely ended in a school shooting and how terrible that is. But there are all these other movies that are unintentionally pushing the same message. So what, what I'm getting at is, even if Run, Hide, Fight advertised itself as a conservative movie, all these other movies aren't intended to be conservative, but they end up pushing a lot of the similar messages in the same way. So what, what, when conservatives critique Hollywood for being overly leftist, it's like, well, yeah, they, they, they give awards to all the BLM movies, they, they, they have all these movies that spout talking points, but are, are, are they still... Um, does it really mean you have a dearth of these movies that are actually preaching conservative principles? And I would say, no, that there is a wealth of movies that are preaching conservative principles because what conservative principles are supposed to be 
are they're, they're supposed to be pro-individual. They're, they're supposed to be to some extent pro-family. And a lot of movies are all about families coming together. And they're, they're made by leftists. But if you watch a ton of rom-coms that, that are all about families, there are these movies that are heavy on the nuclear family. And even if they have some degenerate jokes in it, um, in, in the end, the family always comes together and stuff like that. So I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say, and the, maybe, maybe this is where I end up aligning with um, the blue-haired social justice warriors, but I don't think in at least the respects to movies, um, I'm not sold that there's as much of a cultural crisis as the Daily Wire would want to point out. You have all these people who are, I guess, dismissive of Republicans and overtly Republican talking points. But in the end, their movies and their shows end up hinting at the same principles. So, like, I guess another example could be you could talk about but, but, but both of Ari Aster's movies, and I'm a big fan of Ari Aster, and maybe, maybe this is another thing that's a little too niche to, to, to appeal to a wide variety of people. But you have the movie Hereditary that came out in, I think, 2017 or 2018, and that uh, that's pretty much a movie. Um, this is an end-of-act one spoiler, but it's all about a girl dying, and it's about um, it ends up being a very, very scary movie. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very scary movie. If you don't like scary movies, don't watch it. But... Um, you know, her, her daughter ends up dying, and a lot of the movie is about the mom coping with her daughter's death and grieving. And, you know, sure, there, there, there's all these supernatural elements of the movie, but in the end, all the undertones in the movie in every single scene is about them coping with their daughter dying in an accident, the, 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 their, her son's culpability in that accident. All, all the while, the mom and the father, um, their, their relationship is falling apart. So it's a movie that is a family drama. And family dramas kind of play into so many conservative values. And this was made, this was wildly critically acclaimed, but no, nobody ever criticized it for being too conservative or too leftist. So all these movies that seem apolitical, they, they end up lining up with what conservative principles are supposed to be. Um, so I think that's worth noting. And, th and then you have Midsummer, which is, um, and I, I think this, is, uh, this raises a point that I also wanted to make. Um, I, I think when liberal movies really, really miss the mark is when you have movies that are like um, Promising Young Woman, right? So a lot of the criticism of Promising Young Woman, it, one of the takeaways you could have from that movie is that there are no nice guys. Her whole thing is even like every nice guy in that movie ends up being a piece of garbage. And that, that's kind of what the movie's trying to get across to you, that everybody's potential like rapist or at least complicit in rape or has at least some evil tie to an evil person and then not staying up to it. And it has so many truth to power moments of look how corrupt the system is, look how evil everybody is, look how culpable, culpable everybody is. Everything is awful except for me. I'm the pure one. That, uh, that, that's the takeaway from Promising Young Woman. And it's, it's terrible. It, it's these broad stereotypes of how all, all, all men are all men are evil. And you could think a lot of men are evil. You can make things about some men are evil, but that's just a it's just a terrible movie because that's the takeaway from it. Then you can read um, a Stephen King book where a wife kills her husband, but then the the book or the movie the takeaway doesn't have to be all men are evil. The, like, like in Gerald's Game, for example, I mentioned that I watched that Netflix movie earlier. It came out in 2017 by by director Mike Flanagan, and it's based on the Stephen King book of the same name. Her husband's evil. Um, well, her husband's kind of like, is like a subtle jerk about it, um, but her dad, you know, did, did a terrible thing to her as a kid. So you have this whole thing where it's like, oh my god, this guy truly wronged her, and it set up all this trauma. So you can read in this movie as a um, somewhat political movie about women coping with childhood trauma, and you can read undertones into that that I think are very valid. But then there are some asides that kind of point to the all men are kind of evil thing, or at least in some ways they're evil. And then that, 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 that's when it turns into a preachy, unnuanced movie that, that paints stereotypes and heuristics.
So I think the movies that have done feminism right is movies like Midsummer, where you build a movie about a boyfriend being kind of like the worst type of boyfriend in every way. Um, and he's, he's a coward. He is pathetic. He is, um, a terrible person to have a relationship with in every capacity and almost every moment on screen. And then in the end, she essentially gets her vengeance for that. And it's, it's beautiful. It's beautifully done. It's a gorgeous movie. Everything about it is art is done in an artistic manner that I, um, I'm blown away by every time I've watched that movie. Um, spoiler alert <laughs> but i would say that that movie did feminism right and it's like why well it doesn't paint the picture that every man is trying to um you know take advantage of you or every nice guy is actually a rapist it's not painting stereotypes it does it right but midsummer was never criticized for being a conservative movie about individualism and individual relationships and being a good person and bad people being punished and it's not painted as a as a, as a liberal movie um, only in the only in the way that it could be seen as feminist, but that's the type of feminism that most Republicans could actually get behind if you're having a nuanced conversation. So, okay, so I've rambled a lot, but but the point of this episode was to say maybe a lot of what's going on in the culture wars in movies is kind of dumb because you can make the black rifle coffee of movies and it's cool. There's an audience for that. If you don't like the left, it's kind of fun. The quips are nice. But it's like, what is this really doing? And it's like, well, you're making the inverse of garbage movies like Black Christmas. And Black Christmas is unnuanced garbage, and most people with half a brain can tell it's unnuanced garbage. Um, and and sure, it's like, yeah, we, we get it. There are eight BLM movies, but 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 but, but there there aren't that many red meat conservative movies. So if you want to make a red meat cons- Republican movie, go make that movie. But it it doesn't mean that the Hollywood has truly undermined every American value. Uh, a lot of Hollywood movies, and, and I think I think if I was having a conversation with like Andrew Clayman, he'd agree with this, because a lot of conservative root principle values, which I wouldn't say are Republican values, um, I don't think governments re- really respect these values, but a lot of conservative values I think are, are kind of descriptive of just how people act. And um, a, a lot of things like, like, tr- like, like treating individuals as individuals and, it, and individuals' lives mattering is kind of the core of a lot of stories. So even if you argue that Hollywood is corrupted by leftists, since enough stories are good stories that try to be true and try to well-portray messages, I think they embody these conservative values anyways. And for this reason, I'm not as scared as at conservatives losing the culture war. Um, if I was going to go on my own mini tirade, I would say something along the lines of, I'm more concerned that anarchists are losing the, the culture war because there aren't, there isn't enough content out there about how the government actively screws over people. Um, if you talk about individualism enough, then you can get people to realize that collectivism doesn't work. But there aren't enough movies about collectivism failing. It's only about government corruption. But all those movies are kind of like, you know, if you make a movie about government corruption, then if you're talking to somebody, they say, yes, we should vote for the guy who's not corrupt. Their, their, their takeaway isn't that the institution is, um, you know, inherently corrupt. You need more movies about how the ring of power corrupts everybody. Okay, um, well, this is a rare episode where I didn't really cite anything. I just kind of r- rambled about some movies I watched, but I hope that this was um, entertaining and um worth listening to, to to some degree i think the culture war is, is worth more ins- inspection than complete dismissal but i do think most of it is kind of talking points propaganda and i think that that ends up being my takeaway after i kind of free flow thought this out loud for 20 minutes I, I think a lot of it is just aesthetics it's people arguing but in the end it's like do you want the black rifle coffee or do you want the um uh, or or 
or do you want the I voted sticker? I I, I, I can't think of the inverse of Black Rifle Coffee. But <laughs> the, the the point is, um, you know, Run, Hide, Fight, pretty solid movie. But, but, but it doesn't make everybody in America conservative. It's like, no. Did Judas and the Black Messiah or Queen and Slim make everybody a BLM activist? No. Um, do do movies come out like Mandy or Midsummer, regardless of if Daily Wire exists? Yes, and those embody conservative principles, I guess I'd put in air quotes. So, culture war a little overplayed. Um, I think it is important to scrutinize movies and overtly leftist movies that preach feminism and have things like Harley Quinn beating up like 20, 300, or 250-pound muscle dudes is a little insulting to my intelligence. But just don't watch those movies. Um, I know that they'll make a ton of money in the box office, but those are like the kinds of people that are probably unreachable anyways. Um, maybe, maybe, maybe that's a little pessimistic. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's worth a little bit more... Um, Maybe everything I'm saying is worth a little more introspection than just, if you're listening to this this far, you've probably broken out of the Matrix. <laughs> and if people are like inherently stuck in the Matrix, maybe you just got to let them be stuck in it. But that's where I'm at least going to wrap up for now, and maybe I'll think about it more another day and come to a better conclusion that I'll bring up at some point. Um, I do watch a ton of movies, so it is something that is kind of always um, kicking around in my head with everything else I think about. So I, I might do more episodes on things as they come up. But, 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 but for now, that's my thoughts on Run, Hide, Fight. That's my thoughts on things like Promising Young Woman. Um, and so for now, signing off, it's Matt Kent. Thank you. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a rating or review on your favorite podcatcher or share the podcast with a friend. You can find out more information about the Obey podcast at anchor.fm slash obey podcast or on twitter at the obey podcast until next time next time